Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. So I have heard a radio commercial. Okay. I'm going to play it for you. What are they... Don't watch it, though, because it ruins it when you watch it. Okay, yes. I'll close, close my your eyes. eyes. Here it is. My Shiro stretches every dollar. Puts- what on earth... Now, by the way, I figured it out today. Very proud of myself. What on earth is a sh- Shiro? Well... I would guess that it's a female hero. You know what? Forget you. Do you know how many times I've heard the commercial and finally, and I've thought so many times like, what are they talking about? You've never heard that term before? No. You've never heard it coming up in like the feminist movement talk? All right. She can be a she-ro. I'm going to start my own. A (laughs) he-hero. No. A man-hero. Okay. Guy hero. Uh huh. He hero. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation. I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Shiro. I prefer Vanessa, <laughs> but hello, everyone. Would your name then be The Hero? No. Why? That doesn't even sound right. It sounds like that gas station, Valero. Sure, but no. So, The Hero, tell everyone what we're talking about today because we need to stay on topic you have a tendency to go way off on tangents uh-huh yeah so we're gonna talk finally we have to improve this three-star rating we have okay two fives two ones we are going to talk about robin hood because we did not get to that last week but why did we not get because you went off on a tangent because we stayed on one subject correct for probably the first time in six months um and then we are also going to talk about the real estate market because you had a few interesting uh meetings appointments with clients this week i've had two very specific questions recently where realtors told a client something that i think most people will find surprising so, starting with Robin Hood. Robin Hood is a little near and dear to the heart for us. Right. We did an experiment over COVID. Just real, real quick. In behavioral finance, which is something that fascinates me and is my specialty. And we've talked about quite a bit. Is that um, one of the pieces to it, though, is that we know people buy things 
in stores because it releases a chemical. It releases dopamine. Right. And we thought we'd mess with our kids. Right. And so we messed with our kids to see if... Now, we had no <laughs> way of... That sounds terrible. Why? We thought we would mess with our kids. I mess with our kids all the time. <laughs> I'm just saying, when you say it like that, that sounds terrible, but we did do this. We got bored. Every time our kids walk in front of the car, I honk the horn to see if I can make them jump. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's like some ingrained issue with our family. What, to mess with kids? Or just to mess with anybody in general. I mean, my dad, I can't tell you how many times I've backed a car out of the driveway and he's walked behind it and went wham on the quarter panel and you jump out of your skin. Do you think messing with kids is because they all went to Penn State? No. (laughs) Nope. I don't even think you're allowed to say that. Really? I wouldn't. That's off limits? Yes. I just think you guys should stop going to Subway. Okay. All right. Also. Okay. So, yes, we messed with our kids and the idea was to see if they'd have a level of excitement. Mm Mm-hmm. Or if we could see visually, yeah, this chemical change, right? Um, when they would buy stuff. And we can absolutely see it if we take them to Meyer. Right. And here's some Legos. Right. But we also noticed it using Robin Hood, letting them buy stock. Yeah, the older two, not so much the younger one. He's very upset he still has not received his Happy Meal. Actually, see, I would have answered that differently. I would have said the older two, yes, because I saw a level of excitement and they still talk about it. But our youngest, yes, he still thinks that, A, why does he not have a big dump truck in the driveway? Because he bought Caterpillar. Is that not what I just said? No, it's not. It is. I said our older two, yes, got excited. Our youngest, not so much. No, you said the exact opposite. Nope. You know, we're going to leave this one in here and let people uh, decide that for themselves. Uh, Actually, we'll break right here and let producer Mitch replay it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, the older two, not so much the younger one. He's very upset he still has not received his Happy Meal. And now that that's been replayed, you all see that I'm absolutely... No, it was a run-on sentence. I said, yes, whoa, whoa. the older two, not so much the younger one. Throw the flag on the plate. You have poor grammar and expect the rest of us to be able to interpret it. Sorry, I speak in run-on sentences. Okay, I what did I just myself. say here? back to it. Robin Hood. Purchasing stocks. So we started buying stocks on Robin Hood, allowing the kids, and our older two showed excitement yes they still get actually excited they're like hey dad how much did i make today or bummed right we were in the they go hey dad how much did i make today and you turn around and go no nothing no we were in the car a few <laughs> weeks ago and i'm listening to the news and all of a sudden it says and in other news uh <laughs> movie theater stocks have plummeted today and all i hear in the back seat is Oh, no. <laughs> Our middle child just goes, are you kidding me? Because right. she bought AMC theaters. Right. All right. So moving to Robinhood, it's a very user-friendly site. Correct. We preferred it over TD Ameritrade for the individual investor. Right. Well, and preferred it for the ways that we were using it because we weren't looking for complicated trade. And I think it's Fidelity now that is talking about slices. 
mm-hmm. you can buy that was one of the things that we gave the thumbs up to Robinhood was the fact that you could buy a partial share. You could just say, I want $10 worth of McDonald's, and boom, you had a tenth of a share. Right. And for our kids, that's perfect because if we told them that we were buying one tenth of a share of a stock of McDonald's, they'd be like, that means nothing to us. Yeah. Instead, what it was was our youngest two each got $50 mm-hmm. to pick a few different stocks. Right. And then it was able to say, well, yeah, they were able to break it up. It was very, it, it, and I still say to this day, it is a very easy, uh, we'll use a millennial term, platform to use. Right. Why do you, what, what? <laughs> Just the way that you said that. Platform. Platform. It is. It's very, it's simplified stock trade. But to be quite honest, based on what I've read, I don't think that that is a good idea. I disagree. So let's take our first break. When we come back, let's talk about Robin Hood. Let's talk about this article in the New York Times. And by the way, don't change the channel just because I said New York Times. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again, grmusiclessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. Welcome back to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. I almost forgot the name of our show. I can't believe you. But you can also join us on Twitter at Fireproof Show. Yeah. Become one of the group. All like 200 and something of us. 206, I believe. And don't worry. Unlike a chain smokers concert, we'll socially distance. So, what? What? What are you? Con- there's concerts going on right now? Yeah. They had some charity benefit. Oh. Yeah. And everyone got right next to each other. I bet they did. You know what, though? <laughs> I'm going to go back to something I've said before. It's going to make people mad. People know the consequences. Correct. Stupid people do stupid things. They always have. That's why they're dumb. Correct. So all of those people knew what they were getting into when they walked into that probably open air concert area. Right. It is what it is. And the thing is, if you're listening right now, you know the people in your life, in your circle who are kind of (laughs) dumb. Okay. Maybe it stretched too far. What? We all know the stupid people yeah, in our lives. I suppose. But anyways, back to Robin Hood. <laughs> we're we're going to exit this uh, yeah. runaway train. Uh-huh. Okay. So here's the article. It's in the New York Times titled, Robin Hood has lured young traders sometimes with devastating results. Okay. So they're going to focus on a few people and I'm probably going to murder this guy's name. So you want to go? You want to? It says... Richard Dobatsi is what I'm going to say that that says. A Navy medic in San Diego dabbled infrequently in stock trading. But his behavior changed in 2017 when he signed up for Robin Hood. See, I was thinking that was like a French name, like Dobatsi. Okay, well, you didn't want to read it for a reason, so I made up how I thought it sounded. I'm just going to pronounce it Richard Croissant. (laughs) Richard is 32 and has been charmed by Robin Hood's products. He funded his account, and I'm like skimming this because there's a lot of like filler yeah, stuff. Don't, don't read it all. Just tell us the, the backstory here. He funded his account with $15,000, took out two home equity loans. Wait, and where'd the 15 grand come from? Do you remember? Oh, it's credit card advances. Yeah. Okay. So, and then he takes out home equity loans. 
Correct. Two and it's two thirty thousand, not two totaling thirty thousand. Hmm, and now right. his oh, and he his account shot up to a million at Robinhood. Million so or did, eight, yeah, somewhere yeah, around there. So he did a fifteen thousand dollar advance on his credit card, mm-hmm. two thirty thousand dollar home equity loans. He got up to a million. So he's seventy five grand in. Correct. Yeah, above. You're right. His account value shot above one million this year. I'm reading right from the article. And then this week, his balance was $6,956. <laughs> and it says when he, is do- when he is doing his trading, he won't want to eat. Said his wife. Oh, correct. Yeah. He'd have nightmares. Okay. So that's kind of Of the basis course of he the had nightmares. He lost it. Like, first of all, he was speculative. Correct. Then he got up like... Over a million dollars, which nobody ever dreams of doing. He did exactly what you shouldn't do. And we've been on Robinhood. Robinhood's never been like, hey, guys, you want to buy more stock? What do you think about a home equity loan? Correct. Or buy our stocks, you'll be a millionaire. Like, they don't ever advertise it as you do this and you're going to make millions of dollars. It's never said, hey, that Visa cash advance, it's there for a reason. You right. use it. Right. The guy took, se- like, this whole article is written from a negative perspective. I see a positive perspective. I mean, quite frankly, I'm not so happy about this article because it's basically blaming Robin Hood for this gentleman's choices. And and I also put the positive spin on it. Mr. Croissant. Dobatze. Dobatze. You took 75000 and turned it into over a million. You should have cashed in your chips, sir. Yeah. Well, first of all, yes. <laughs> like, but that also means if you did it once, could you do it again? Probably. And I believe in that. Yeah. So could you take seven thousand into a hundred? And if you took a hundred, could you take that into a million? Right. Yeah, you you did it wrong. You made a mistake, but you get back up. Have you never seen the movie Rocky, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, 4, 5, 6, 7? What are they up to, 12? I'm not sure, but the fact that you're going off about Rocky movies again. No, it works here, though. It does. It's no one's fault but your own. And you can look at this as a negative, like, I had this much money and now I don't. I like to liken this to gambling, and we touched on this last week, but I'm sorry. It's like walking into the Bellagio, dropping $100,000 on the table. Not that that's how much you did, but $100,000 on the table that you pulled out from your credit card or whatever, took a loan for. Started playing blackjack and got up to over a million and then started losing but I've watched it. People think, oh, I'll just get it back. I'll get it back. I'll get right. it back. And then they end up with nothing. And then turn around and blame the Bellagio for it. They didn't keep you at the table. They didn't tie you there and say you have to keep gambling. It is what it is. You made a choice. It happens. How do you think, and I know we're completely hypothesizing here. Mm-hmm. How do you think Tashika Dubat says... You just need to stop. <laughs> How do you think their marriage is... You know what? No. Let's not hypothesize about somebody we don't know at all. I'm going to guess it's tense around there, no, no, though. No. Let me... Um, imagine we're not in finance, or I'm not in finance. Okay. Actually, imagine I am in finance. Well, I don't. you don't have to imagine that I am. Right. We take 
$75,000 of a highly speculative bet. When you loan against your house, when you take cash advantages, advances, that's highly speculative. They're, Correct. Like, we're not splitting hairs there. There's no one that's going to say, I, I think a cash advance on the visa is a pretty smart d- thing to do. At right? 30%. At yeah, whatever nobody, percent. Yeah. Nobody would like, think that's a good idea. We don't have to argue about that. We can just agree to that, right? Correct. When you make that over a million, if we did that, if I did that, what would you be feeling today? I would be upset. Well, I would be happy if it stayed at over a million. But it's not. It's $6,956. I'd be upset for a while. I would need a day. Uh, A a day? (laughs) Just one? Probably a month. Single? (laughs) Un? No, I would be upset. I'd be like, we had this and now it's gone. And now we, by the way, we also have all this debt. Right. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think of that. They still have the debt. Correct. It's not like you paid back your home equity loans and your credit card advance. You now you have $75,000 in debt. How do you not do that though? How do you get that above a million and not go, you know, I just, I guess I'll pay off this 75000 so it's off my back. It's the excitement. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but how do people become addicted to gambling or something? It's Time the out. excitement of something. So was this logical? Theoretically, yeah. How? I mean, he did a good job he for did. a while. Isn't it still logical then to say, I'll pay off those debts. So if something negative happens, like I go down to $6,956 dollars. But the problem, human nature, is as you're up, you think you can keep going up, and so you're almost invincible. I don't understand why you don't pay off those debts. I don't either, but that's human mentality and human nature. And I fear for him. I, I fear for their relationship. Or I feel, maybe not fear, I, get, I do fear, but I feel for their relationship. Right. Because I can't imagine the stress that that puts on it. And it didn't need to be there. Correct. That's not what finance was supposed to be about. And using these tools, and this whole article blames Robinhood because they allow people to do options tradings. But I've gotten to see the opposite side of the spectrum where people aren't really allowed to do the options trading. And advisors like myself say, we need to scale back risk. And they they think it's like we're keeping them from this glory land that all of a sudden they're going to be wealthy. Right. The idea of investments is, first of all, is long term. Right. Second of all, it's to increase the wealth at a rate above inflation. Right. That's always been the key and the point. Let's take our last break, and when we come back, uh, we'll see if we can do real estate. I think we're going to have to push that off to next show. Let's take a last break. We'll be right back. Hey, have you heard of the coronavirus? Yes, I have. And we're not talking about the one you get from the beer. We're talking about the one you get from big public events. Right now probably isn't the best time to attend one of these large meetings where some guy tells you why annuities are great and the stock market is bad. Because while the stake might look good, it's not worth the risk. Instead, we're willing for the first time to bring you in one-on-one. Don't go to a big meeting and eat some steak that's been touched by who knows how many people. Instead, come inside to our controlled office 
here's what we'll do. We're going to teach you about how to protect your money, teach you how to accomplish your goals, teach you how to maximize your Social Security benefits because that's what you want. Go online, LegacyFinancialNetwork.com, set an appointment, or call us, 616-589-4004, 616-589-4004, and set your individual appointment today. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the final segment of Fireproof Your Finances. It always goes by too quickly. It's truly a pleasure. Even to you who have voted or rated us a one-star, it's always a pleasure to be with you guys or gals. If you're still listening. Yeah. If not, I understand. Whatever. (laughs) Again, everybody has differing opinions. It's okay. So... Let's push off real estate because I think that's a show in itself now that we're, right. you know, this whole new turning a leaf and focusing on one subject. Right. Um, where is the market today? We are right now, a lot of the major indices are within about 10% of where they peaked. If you're looking okay. at the NASDAQ, which is technology, it's hitting all-time highs. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I've been stuck in a hole at work. I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> Just going to be honest with everybody here. <laughs> well, but I think you can still help us. So when we did the first or second or third, however many rounds of stimulus we've had so far, I'm ignoring the 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 new Heels Act is what they're calling it. Mm-hmm. But my question to you is, were those those dollars that we've spent, the stimulus dollars, were they new dollars or were they reallocated from somewhere? Well, since I've never known our government to reallocate something, I'm going to go with they're new. They're absolutely new. But they're on a shortage of quarters, and I can't get them for my office. We're going to stay on point here. <laughs> I don't get it's that very either. very frustrating. <laughs> but here's the thing. I want you to think about this. So we avoid this. So we put five, before any new stimulus, we put $5 trillion into the economy. Trillion with a T. Mm-hmm. A capital T. It's a lot of money. Yes, it is. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's good. It's just a lot of money. It's about two and a half times what we put into the economy from a, a percentage of the economic the economy's size. Correct. It's about two and a half times what we did in the public works program after the Great Depression. Okay. And we did it in like three months rather than seven years. Right. So basically, we're just... We're being very aggressive. Printing it off and sending it out. We're being very aggressive. So, in finance, there's something called the money multiplier. And I don't get why we don't see this or hear this talked about more. I, when I've talked to clients about it, people have told me, well, it sounds kind of intimidating. It's, not, it's very simplistic. Okay. And it applies to new dollars. Here's what it means. So, let's say when the stimulus came out, okay? And this is going to, by the way, this is going to explain. The, from best day of the markets to worst day, they dropped about 38% of them looking at the S&P or the Dow. And then it's like there was a trampoline under it and they went and just 
popped right back up. Right. Why? With companies still closed. We talked about AMC Theaters was talking about bankruptcy and their stock price kept going up. It made no sense. Because a bunch of money just got dumped back into the economy. Five trillion. But what does five trillion really mean? So the money multiplier, let's imagine. I, I get it. It wasn't this easy, but I'm just going to use this number because it works. It's it's easier to um, conceptualize. Mm-hmm. So imagine you got a $10,000 stimulus. Okay. It goes right into your bank. Yep. Now, how do banks make money? They sell your money or they put it into bonds or they put it into... They put it somewhere, right? right. Typically loans. Like if, I, if I'm at Lake Michigan Credit Union, they're going to loan it out into a car loan, a credit card, right. something... And so the reserve that we have in this country is 10%, meaning they can loan out 90%. Correct. And banks, now if they don't loan out 90%, it's called an excess reserve. Banks don't like it. They don't do it. Nope. Um, even so, you've heard the too big to fail. Well, too big to fail generally meant that or beforehand, there, there was these big banks and we thought the law of big numbers, they're not going to run out of money. And therefore, if everything goes bad... Um, It'll never hit them that big. But instead, we found out in 07 that they have their hands so many places that maybe they're hit more. Correct. I think people think that physical banks have more physical cash on hand than what they do. Nope, they don't. They're loaning it out. Correct. Boom, it comes well, that's in, what I'm saying is, is I don't think people understand that the amount of cash that's actually at a bank really isn't that much. And that is an entirely different show. But I a know. good show. Because... If you look at the increase of the money supply in the last 15 years, it would really put in perspective how little cash there is. Right. But so the 10 grand comes in. Banks don't keep excess reserves. The whole too big to fail, the stress testing is saying big banks probably need to have excess reserves, but they don't want excess reserves. So banks don't keep excess reserves unless they're forced to. That's my point. Right. So 10 grand goes in your bank account. What happens? The bank immediately loans out nine. Let's say I want to buy a car. Your bank gives me a $9,000 loan. Right. And I go buy it from Bob, and I give Bob my $9,000 check, and Bob deposits it, deposits the money. Yep. And what's his bank do? They loan that out. 8100 to some bozo who wants a C-do, and then so on and so forth. Some bozo who <laughs> wants a C-do. <laughs> Here's what this means. It's spend, save, loan. Right. Or spend, deposit, loan. Always. Boom, boom, boom. The multiplier is 10, though. What that means, I'm oversimplifying here, but it's going to put it in perspective for you. Right. When we put $5 trillion in, just as a reminder, were those new dollars or were they old dollars that we reallocated? They're, the new dollars are from the stimulus. Absolutely new. You're right. So we got $5 trillion of new dollars. What's our multiplier? 10%. So we take a multiplier, 10 that means that represents, so $5 trillion goes into all these different banks. The banks then loan it out, and then it gets deposited, loaned out, deposited, loaned out, deposited, loaned out, deposited. It's a multiplier of 10. Right. That means $5 trillion of stimulus equals $50 trillion of economic activity. Correct. You wonder why this doesn't seem logical, that the market activity doesn't seem to to reflect economic activity right now because we put $5 trillion of dollars that didn't exist before right. into the market. So when people started doing their own day trading because they were bored sitting on their couch 
and then things skyrocketed. See, and that's and then my, tanked. That's my point. I don't think it's this whole day trading. I think it's the fact we put five trillion dollars that didn't exist, and when that gets deposited, because of the money money multiplier, and, and this isn't my opinion. The money multiplier isn't. Hey, this is what I think happens. Read up on money supply. Right. If you read up Google money supply, how Google money multiplier, money supply, you're going to find all this out for yourself. It's a tenfold in the U.S. because of our reserve requirements. Knowing that banks don't keep excess reserves, or it's uncommon for banks to keep excess reserves. We talked about this last time. I think we could all do better at this. Let's have an internal locus control with our failures, meaning what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? And let's have an external locus of control on our successes. How did other people contribute to this? Correct. How did they get me here? Yes. And that whole article in the New York Times was the exact opposite. It was external on failure and internal on success. But we also have to remember Robin Hood is a tool. Yep. It does not control your mind. Correct. It does not control your actions. It is literally a tool. You're absolutely correct. If you use a big old butcher knife to try to cut up some cheese and you go, pop, there goes your finger. It's not the butcher knife's fault. Correct. Wolfgang Puck is not at fault for you chopping off your finger because you didn't curl the knuckle. Right. I learned something. (laughs) Yes. On that note, this has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.